And so, um, again, you know, what are the most common things people are asking? They're asking, um, do we have enough food? Am I going to get sick? And I was thinking, you know, again, you know, how did toilet paper become the, uh, the currency? And what we're thinking about, toilet paper, do we have enough of that? And um, the thing is, is that we have this opportunity to be hope, to, to share this hope. And it's, it's um, really important that we, we, we take this moment to be genuine and authentic uh, about this situation. And, um, and, and that this situation is an opportunity where we get to share that how God is our safe retreat, how God is our place of hiding, where, where we are comforted in, in the times where, where everything is shaking all around us. Um, and, um, and so why do we still have faith in Jesus? Why do we still, because it's coming back to the bit, why do we still have faith in Jesus? It's because he has yet to fail us. He has yet to fail us. Like, we know that through personal relationship. We know that because he meets us in our checkbook. He meets us in our provision. He meets us in, in the peace when we have to face things that are, um, are all around us. He meets us. He is a God who is faithful. Faithful to each generation. And so he wants to be this foundation, this safe retreat. And, and so God is the one establishing uh, this, his purpose in our life. He's, he, what he's doing is he's establishing that he wants to be this safe retreat. And I keep using this word. And what, what he showed me was... His safe retreat is, is his mercy seat that we get to come. We get to run in and find rest without fear. That's what a safe retreat is. It's rest without fear. And that's the hope that we have in Jesus, that, that he guides us, that he is, is leading us. There is a um, story in the Old Testament that we're going to read briefly in Exodus chapter 12 where God is sending these plagues to, to deliver Israel out of Egypt. And God brings this, uh, he allows this uh, spirit of death to come and to... Um, Come and he, and he uses it as an illustration about, it's pointing to Christ, where Christ is this one who saves us from death. He's, he's the one who, who protects us against darkness. And so um, we're going to, before we get to that, that scripture, we're going to just relook at Psalms 91, verse 4 through 5. I don't know, I'm switching back and forth on you. But when this author wrote Psalms 91, we think that it's Moses who, who wrote this. And what he was doing was he was, 
he was reminding us, he was reminding each generation that, that God wants to establish in each generation, each family, that, that he is a God of faithfulness. Moses wrote, and he, he wrote this to show that God is our shield. And so in these verses, God is being our covering and that we can run into his mercy seat and we can find rest without fear. So let me read that scripture. He says, he will cover you with his pinions. And under his wings, you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. Verse 5, you will not be afraid. I want everybody to say this. I will not be afraid. Of the terror by night. Or the arrow that flies by day. And so when we look at this, these two scriptures, what we see is fear. It's, it's dread. It's, it's this, what do we do? Do we go outside? And he's saying, you will not be afraid. You will not be afraid of the terrors by night. Or the arrow that flies by day. When we think about an arrow, an arrow is always shot with purpose. An arrow is shot specifically. And so the enemy is bringing this confusion of, of what is happening. And, and God is saying, you will not be afraid. You will not be afraid. So unless we experience Jesus in a personal way by him covering us, we will always be shaken by this tsunami of events that happen all around us. And so this is what this scripture is talking about. Moses wrote this in reference to just the spirit of death that came against the firstborn of every family. But the spirit could not destroy the homes because the pure blood of the lamb was on each doorpost. And so when we are thinking about these things, the way that we can uh, face these things with hope is that we have access to our father. He gives us access, but we also have access to pray against this sickness, to pray for healing over our homes, over our businesses. Well, we have power to pray in Jesus' name over our homes. And so that's one of the promises when we, when we pray this, is that He is our personal protection. And so again, we don't walk by our feelings we don't. Thank you so much. You're so sweet. I didn't even answer this. Um, thank you, Marianne. 
And so um, we don't walk by our feelings. When I, when I was trying to, I was asking God, um, you know, when we, when we prepare messages, when we, when we prepare things, like God, God, what he does is he, he lets you go through what, what you're going to share on Sunday because he is, he's showing you that, um, that he's a God who's present. And so, like, as I was studying, he was just like, Danny, I want you to just go to the store. Just go to the store. And I was like, oh, God, I'm like, I'm trying to study this, and I'm not getting this. And he's just like, go, go to the store. And so I went to the store, and I walked in there. And, you know, you've been in the store. You've seen everything, all the commotion. And I was just like, there's just like panic. Nobody wants to stare each other in the face. And when we stare each other in the face, we just smile at each other like nothing is wrong or we just don't know how to communicate. And we walk by faith and not by sight. And so, like, when I was, like, walking the aisles and I was, like, grabbing some chicken, uh, canned chicken, I was thinking, I was thinking uh, am I doing this right? Like, is this faith? And, and, and yes, he wants, uh, it's not just a spirit of fear, but a spirit of wisdom. He gives us a spirit of wisdom to, to, uh, to save and to prepare. But also, I was, like, I was gripped with, like, wow, there's, like, panic in the room. There's, like, this unrest. And, and he was showing me, Danny, look in people's eyes. Look in their eyes. Don't, don't, don't look at the ground. Look at their eyes. We have a hope in Jesus. We have a hope that is not like any other hope. We have a faith like no other faith in a God who speaks to generations. And so I'm just going to read just the key verses in, in Exodus 12. But it's, it's, if you read the whole chapter, God is asking them to, to observe this, this new feast, this new celebrate, this new festival. And when God is, when he's telling us to, to uh, observe these festivals, what it's doing is it's leading up to Christ. It's, it's an image of what Christ is about to do. And so I'm going to read in, in verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, In the land of Egypt, this month shall be the beginning of months for you. This is their new year, and it, it is to be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, they are each one to take a lamb for themselves, According to their father's households, a lamb for each household. That's a key verse, verse 3. Then verse 7, Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and and put it on the doorposts, on the lintel of the houses in which they, they eat it. For I will go through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike down the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. God is righteous in his judgments. Verse 13, the blood shall be a sign for you 
on the houses where you live. And, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. I will pass over you. And just circle that. He will pass over you. Because we'll come back to that. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. That's a prayer that we get to pray. That is a picture of when Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives within me. He lives within me. And so in that moment, when, when we're faced with like, do we go outside because there's the coronavirus? Of course we do. Of course we do because the blood of the lamb is on our house. It's on our house, on us. Now, this day will be a memorial to you, and you shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You are to celebrate it as a permanent ordinance. Now, do you remember in Acts 1 where, like, all these devout men were coming, and they were, um, they were coming to... to, to to uh, celebrate the Passover. And the, it was the time of Pentecost. And, and Jesus told the, the, the disciples, 120 of them, to stay where they were and, and that God was going to come down. What that's speaking to is, is it says that these devout men would observe this. And when you read that scripture, Acts, I think it's Acts 1.8, when you, when you read that, um, what it's speaking to is that not... Every person was observing it. Just these devout men. There were still a lot of people observing it. But it was, they understood the times. And what the times were, what the times were, were it was speaking of a statement of faith. That God is a faithful God and that he speaks to every generation. They didn't know why they were there. But we know why when we read Acts 2 when the the Spirit of God fell down on the the house and there was a loud sound and, and the Spirit of God came. Let me read verse 17 in Exodus 12. It says, You shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for on this very day I, will, I brought your host out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you shall observe this day throughout your generation as a permanent ordinance. And you shall observe this event, verse 24, this event as an ordinance for you and your children forever. And so very early on, as God delivers them out of Egypt, out of the world... He wants his children to remember. He wants us to remember. When we take communion, he wants us to remember that Jesus is waiting to take this with us. We have a hope. We have a safe retreat. We have a place of rest without fear. The reason why we don't 
celebrate these fasts or these feasts, these festivals now is in Colossians 2, 16 through 17. It says, so don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is that reality. And so what what we're to do is each of us is to attach our identity to the act of Christ being crucified and we're, we're hidden in Christ and what happens is it produces new life. And so in Galatians 2.20, I already said it, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I have died And Christ lives in me now. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And so when we're struggling with things like self-discipline or things that that we aren't able to do, we're to attach ourselves like, you know, Christ crucified our flesh And he gave us life and he lives within us. He enables us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. And the old things have passed away. Behold, or look, new things have come. And so when... It was written that God would cover us with his wings in Psalms 91, verse 1. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. What that's talking about is what happened at Calvary when Christ took on God's venting a full wrath on Jesus for our sin so that we're hidden in Christ. And so this secret place is where the shadow of death cannot overcome us because Jesus is our personal protection and our personal protection belongs to Jesus. Again, he says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And so Jesus is our rest without fear. Psalms 23, 4, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so when fear of death crouches at the door, he shall cover you. He shall cover us. Psalms 91 verse 4, he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. And so Jesus covers us to establish us. So he's the foundation And he lays the foundation to establish us, to stand, to be founded on him. Let's read Proverbs 24, verse 3. And I just love the Amplified Version. And I would just highlight this and circle it because it just speaks to how God is establishing you to be a center 
where Christ lives, where Christ is alive. He says, by wisdom a house is built, I'm reading out of the NIV first, and through understanding it's established. And the Amplified does it perfectly because it's not just about a house. It's not about something we build with our hands, but it's something that God is building in us. He says, through skillful and godly wisdom is a house, a life, a, a home, a family built. And by understanding, it is established on sound and good foundation. The very first foundation that we, ha- we, we must know is that God exists And that he rewards those who diligently seek him. That he exists. That God is God even when the shaking happens. God is God when everything else begins to sway back and forth. And so established means to cause, to rise, to erect, to make firm. So as to fix in a certain place. God is allowing shaking to happen because he's clearly clearly establishing the things that cannot shake. And so in Isaiah 2.2 it says, Now it will come about that in the last days the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established. He's talking about the church. The church will be established as the chief of the mountains and, and will, will be raised above the hills and all the nations will stream to it. And so Jesus builds each home which he has laid the foundation and we have to receive this Passover that, that Jesus is our personal Passover lamb. That protects us, that he is the one who um, is our hope for today. And so it is up to Jesus to finish what he began, to carry it to completion. That's what Paul was saying in Philippians 1.6. And I am certain that God who began this good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. And again, we can't do this. When you go to your neighbor's house, we can't just do it in our own strength. We have to pray. We have to use the spirit of wisdom. We have to ask him, God, how do we respond? He wants you to protect your family first and then respond. Respond with the spirit of wisdom. He says, apart from me, you can't, you can't do anything. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and to produce lasting fruit. So that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is the time where we get to to allow the fruit of the Spirit to flow through us. To guide us. To guide us. And when when we go to the store where we go and we sense that panic of like, oh no, what do I do here? What do I say here? Jesus says, all who have a heavy burden, let Jesus give you rest. It says in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Then Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble and I'm gentle at heart. 
and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and my burden I give to you is light. We will not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow, the specific things that come against us because Jesus is our rest. He's our mercy seat that we run to. He's, he's our grace enabling uh, power to walk and, and, and to be a rest without fear. He's our personal covering. When, when God told them to smear the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, he was speaking about how uh, this very moment when Christ came and he died on Calvary, and, and when we attach our personal identity to this, 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 this happening of how Christ came and he is our personal covering, our personal, personal relationship with God, we find that he is our personal covering. And so when, when, when the world is saying, do all this, do all this, we can pray and say, no, God, you're my protection. Yes. You are my rest. You are, you are how I walk. I will not walk by my feelings. I will walk by faith in the Son of God. Amen. God is doing this to establish that he is the strong tower. That he laid the foundation. And that he has built your home. He's the one who's built your home, your life. His purpose through you. And so I'm going to wrap up in prayer. If I can have the worship team come on up. God, I just ask you right now. That as we are responding to the situation and that if we're the ones who are not moved by fear and anxiety that we would remember those who are hurting all around us that we would encourage them that we have a hope and it's it's the truth that our god doesn't leave us yes. our our god provides what we need and help us to apply that in a real way by giving whatever we have Lord in, in a spirit of wisdom Lord whether it's as simple as toilet paper God so that they know that we care because you care God help us to care for one another Good Samaritan didn't know who that man was, but he went and he helped. And, and I ask you, Lord, that, that when we don't know what to do in the moment, that we would look to you, that you're our safe retreat, you're our rest without fear. Help us, give us the courage to not look at the floor, but look into people's eyes and answer, are, are you doing okay? How can I help? Are you, are you doing okay? Lord, I thank you that you called us and you appointed us. I thank you, God, that 
We are like your missionaries. We are your saints. We are called to fulfill your purpose, to go out, to save the lost, to make disciples, to set the captives free. Lord, you've anointed us for this moment. I ask you, Lord, that you would give us courage. Let's all stand up together. God, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you are good all the time and that you speak to each generation. That means you're speaking to us today. And Lord, let us enter with, with, into your gates with thanksgiving and praise. Help us to enter in. Lord, help us to keep our nation on our mind. Help us to pray in that secret place, to pray over our leaders, to pray over our government leaders, to pray over our bosses, to pray over our jobs, to pray over our businesses, to pray over our families. You are the one who protects us. But Lord, help us. Help us to share your truth. Help us, Lord. God, I... I pray that you would give us strength and hope. That we would walk in faith with you, God. And we thank you, Jesus, that that we don't do it ourselves, but you work in and through us. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I just wanted to share a quick message from...